Welcome into Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He is back on the show. I believe he's feeling better, but I will let him answer that question himself. And you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room. Grant, how are you feeling today? Tanner, it was a long week. I felt like I was on my deathbed, felt like I was going before heaven's gates for a few days, but I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling back. I'm sorry if my voice still sounds a little bit off, but it's good to be back. I listened to both the episodes. You did a wonderful job as always. And it sounded like a lot of people in the comments were really enjoying it. So shout out to everybody that tunes into the episode. Shout out to everybody that has smashed that subscribe button and shout out to everybody that's already hit the like button before they've even started watching smash subscribe like comment who you're taking we'll get back to you down there guys let us know we want to know and make sure you subscribe so you join the ride the line and the wsn family also check out all our articles and content on wsn a ton of great stuff on there guys across every single sport like you can think i think we have rugby previews we do it all on there so make sure you go on and subscribe and check out the website all that stuff is linked in the description below grant it's NFL Friday. We're each going to do three picks. So why don't you get us started? All right, Tanner. Let's uh, let's start with the probably the least glamorous of my picks. It's the Atlanta Falcons who are leading the division at five and six. This is a team that is projected to host a playoff game at five and six against the New York Jets, who are even worse, four and seven. Now, we, this is if you are a young quarterback out there and you want to get a gauge for what it's going to take to be a professional football player one day. Honestly, most people would tell you not to watch this. Watch this game because if Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, and Zach Wilson are employed in the NFL, you can do it too. You can get to the NFL because the standard to be a quarterback in the NFL these days means absolutely nothing. This is going to be an ugly game. I, I would say it's going to be low scoring, but you know what? There are still some explosive playmakers, the B. John Robinsons, the Garrett Wilsons of the world. Also, we saw uh, the Falcons have that huge pick six last week. We know the Jets can force some turnovers. Point being that the offense we're going to get in this game probably not going to be driven by the quarterbacks, but I'll tell you what, whether it's Ritter, whether it's Heineke, because we know they're always switching those two, I trust both those guys more than I trust Tim Boyle. And this Jets defense, which is obviously the strength of the team, it, it's it's like if the opposing team scores first, even if it's a field goal, the Jets defense just gives up. And I do not blame them at all because they've not seen anything from the offense all season long, but that doesn't change the fact the Falcons have a golden opportunity to win this game and potentially take a full one-game lead in a division where they're only 6-6 six and six, but would have the division lead. So I'll take the Falcons minus 2, actually at minus 1.5 in some sports books as well, basically a pick them. But yeah, give me the Falcons over the Jets. Here's the difference, though. Like The only thing I'm saying here, like Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle, like we, we, we make fun of Zach Wilson all the time, but Zach Wilson gives the jets a lot better chance to win than Tim Boyle. And that's crazy to say, like Zach Wilson looks like an all-star quarterback compared to Tim Boyle. Like there's different levels of sucking in the national football league. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, Zach Wilson, at least, at least through for what I think it was 269 yards and back-to-back weeks right before he got benched. If Tim Boyle throws for 269 yards, my mind will be blown. Yeah, definitely. No, there's different. It was crazy watching that game because I realized, like, hey, Tim Boyle is just 
not even on the same level of Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's terrible. So uh, it should be interesting. And this, this Aaron Rodgers stuff, by the way, is just a bunch of nonsense. I he's hope we agree. Play. No, he's not going to play. It, it's a good storyline, but like he's not. If he if, now, if the Jets were eight and three and had a chance to make the playoffs, yeah, he's going to play, but he ain't playing right now. They're I still don't think play. he's going to play. I think this is purely yeah. an ego thing. I think this is purely a look at me. I want to show you all that I'm right. I can do things you fools never. It could. is kind of crazy though. It is the, the fact that he's throwing I, I right think, now. I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he could play. I don't think, I don't, I, if there could be a trillion dollars on the line, I don't think you could play. It's can he walk crazy. around and throw the football? Sure. But he's not getting in there. That's so crazy that he can walk around and throw the football grant. Yeah, yeah, that is that part is he's definitely ahead from that perspective, but, but he's, he's not he's not game ready because they're going to lose three more games in the next three weeks, probably. So um, unless they play the Patriots, I don't know if they have the Patriots in the next three, but uh, I don't know either. But what you know what, Tanner, let me look that up and you give us our, your next pick. Speaking of the Patriots, Chargers minus five and a half at the Patriots. I think this game's going to go to either four and a half or six and a half. I'm not sure. Last night when I was on G unit, he said it was down to four and a half at some place. I could see this line going up to six and a half. The Patriots get way too much respect in the betting market still. They're not a good football team. They have no upside in this game. And the Chargers are terrible too with Brandon Staley. Like, I don't like this Chargers team one bit. They're not a very good football team. They're not consistent. But what they do bad, the Patriots aren't going to be able to overcome. And by what I mean here, the Chargers secondary is not very good. They give up big plays through the air. But the flip side is the Patriots can't throw the ball down the field, right? So if the Patriots had a downfield passing attack, maybe I'd be more willing to go with them here and take those points with them at home. I just can't do it. Bailey Zappi's going to start for them. There's really no difference for me between Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones. I look at this team the same exact way. Their offensive line is beat up. I believe David Andrews is questionable. Um, I think a couple guys are injured there, so that means their protection's probably going to be a little worse. Um, I expect both those guys to play, but the offensive line hasn't been great this season. And then defensively, they've been a middle-of-the-road team. There really is no upside to betting on this New England Patriots team. I think the Chargers can win this game by at least 10 points. We saw what the Giants and Tommy DeVito did to them last week. Justin Herbert can do the same exact thing with better weapons. I was a proud Giants better in that situation. And, uh, you know, like I said, feeling good about that, obviously, because in hindsight, kind of looked like a genius betting on Tommy DeVito. No, this Chargers team, they, they've got their flaws for sure. And I think what you're maybe what you're seeing with this line is a reflection of People just don't trust Brandon Staley, and they're starting to not trust Justin Herbert in these big situations. But this isn't a big situation. The, the Patriots are awful. To your point, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, pretty much the same player, it looks like. The offense isn't good. And I actually think you sold the defense a little high. They're, yeah. They've given up, I think, their bottom 10 in points allowed. They, they, you know, for years, they've had that bend, don't break mantra. Well, they, it's the opposite now. It's, it's like they bend a little and they completely snap. So, yeah, I mean, the line might see a little ambitious because the Chargers have lost so many games, but the Chargers have so much more talent than them. They're so much more explosive. I'd be on this pick as well. Yeah, if the line moves back toward the Patriots, like, don't be afraid of it. It's happened like the past three weeks in a row. We've seen this line dip back towards the Patriots. Teams giving too much respect to New England or betters giving too much respect to New England. It just doesn't. It's You don't need to give respect to New England. They're not very good. Second pick, Grant. Yes, and excuse me for the coughing. Like I said, I'm still trying to get over the sickness. Uh, my second pick here, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers at minus five and a half versus the Arizona Cardinals. So Kyler Murray's come back, 
And while he does have a rushing touchdown in every game, he's got two passing touchdowns, two uh, interceptions, nothing super impressive. Uh, he's changed the Cardinals offense for the better, but still not made drastic improvements. Their defense also is not that good. We've seen that pretty much the entire season. And you look at the Steelers, I mean, their first weekend without Matt Canada, they get 400 yards of offense in the game. They did not have a single game like that during the entirety of Matt Canada's tenure. Now, I know they only scored 16 points, but first of all, the final score in that game, 16 to 10, would have covered the spread here. And you got to think, if they're showing that much explosiveness and continuity with their ability to drive the ball down the field in their first game without their old offensive coordinator, that's probably going to hold up and they're probably going to become a little more efficient in the red zone as they uh, gel and get used to the new scheme that they're running. So I would be liking the Steelers from an offensive perspective, uh, at least the potential they have. And certainly that Steelers defense, you know, yes, they're going to give up points against the better opponents, but they can lock down the lesser opponents and they can just go out there and score the ball themselves without even giving it to the offense here. They're at home, you know, a six point, you're able to win. It's five and a half. So you're not pushing on the six. I think this is a good spot to get the Steelers with a lot of playoff uh, implications still up for grabs. I mean, they can still win the AFC North might be a little tough, but they can still do it. And they've got a lot to play for. Yeah, and the offense improving is only going to help the defense, too, because the defense hasn't been great, like, yardage-wise. Statistically, they they find a way to to not break, but um, the offense helping them out and setting them up in good positions, which did not happen much this season, is really going to help them, too. So look for the Steelers team to take off now if the offense can continue to do what they've done. Um, okay, so we'll go – I'll go Broncos plus three and a half, then we can debate the uh, 49ers-Eagles game a little bit. But I like Broncos plus three and a half against the Texans. The Broncos, a lot of people I think are still treating them, and bookmakers too are still treating them like the team that lost 70-20 to the Miami Dolphins. I think there's still a little of that coming in here because there's no way they should be a three and a half point underdog the way they've been playing against the Houston Texans. The Texans are a good football team. They're not great on defense. They're okay. But for Houston, they solely rely on C.J. Stroud to go out and make plays for them down the stretch. Like If you take C.J. Stroud's MVP performances out of games this season, they're not a good football team. Like They rely on C.J. Stroud to do a lot for them, and I just don't think this is the game where you want to do that against a Denver defense that has been much better in the past three weeks than earlier in the season. And offensively, credit to Russell Wilson. like He's been efficient. He's, he's done exactly what they've needed him to do, and they've run the ball well. Uh, if they can do that and control clock, which is what they want to do under Sean Payton, they're going to be just fine in this football game. So for three and a half, I like it. If it goes down to three to two and a half, it's a little different story. But I think they could definitely be within a field goal and potentially win this game outright. I think that analysis on the three and a half, three, two and a half, I think that's spot on. I'm not as confident in you because I still got a lot of respect. I mean, this you can say that the Texans pretty much come down to C.J. Stroud. Well, this is a quarterback's league, and they're still fighting for the playoffs. So wouldn't necessarily say that they can't cover this line. A pick that I like here, Cortland Sutton to get a touchdown. Uh, you can get about plus 200 odds for it. He scored a touchdown in 8 of 11 games this season. Uh, he had scored in three in a row until last week where he didn't score. And to your point, you know, C.J. Stroud, if we know one thing about him, he's going to be pushing the ball down the field. Well, Russell Wilson leads the league in touchdown to interception ratio. And if he's got to try to keep up with that Texans offense, he's going to be putting the, some air under the ball. So I think that works the benefit of Cortland Sutton. So that would be my favorite pick here. But I don't hate the plus three and a half pick. Well, I think the way they control the game, the, the way the Broncos cover is by controlling the clock and running the football. And with Javante Williams, if he goes over his total, they have a very good chance, obviously, to win this game just because that's how they they roll. I mean, Russell's, you know, he's le- he leads the league in touchdown to interception ratio because he's not asked to throw the ball that far. 
you know. Yeah, he still doesn't throw for more than 200 yards very often. Yeah, so he's he's just he's doing he's a game manager, but he's done enough. Yeah, and he's done a good job at it. All right, Tanner, the game of the week for the fourth week in a row, I believe, involving the Eagles. We got the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, potentially a preview of this year's NFC Championship game. I'm sure we agree these are the two best teams in the NFC, you know, respect to the Dallas Cowboys, but need to see more against some winning teams before we can elevate you into that status as a top two team in the conference. I know that you are on the 49ers, and obviously I am on the Eagles because you said we are going to be debating it here. So uh, let's just talk about the importance of line value. If you're Tanner here, I'm looking and you can get the 49ers for minus two and a half on FanDuel. And if you're someone like me, you can get the Eagles for plus three on uh, Bet365, BetMGM, Caesars, a whole bunch of sports books. So it's the importance of numbers. Know where you're going with this. I'll make my opening case, Tanner, and then you can feel free to refute it. I think that the Eagles are one of the very few teams in the league that can block the 49ers. And I feel like if you're able to slow down that pass rush, the fact that Hufanga is out and the fact that the secondary has never been the strength of the Niners defense, I think you're going to be able to see the Eagles have more time in the pocket and also open up the downfield passing game more than a lot of the 49ers opponents do. And then we know what the 49ers want to do on offense. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. Well, that's also where the Eagles find a whole lot of success. And the Eagles are the best team in the league on third and fourth down. Plus they've had a lot of clutch late game plays recently. I think the fact that they can go toe to toe with the Niners strengths and then also are just very good situationally. I think getting the full three points at home, that's too good for me to pass up. So probably my favorite way to bet this game would be to take the Eagles in a seven-point teaser because you take them up to plus 10. I don't see them losing by 10 in this game. Um, but when I look at the Philadelphia Eagles team, and let's talk about Brock Purdy for a second. Brock Purdy has been playing very well, and he is a sophomore quarterback. Like, legitimate, if, if like I, I saw a good – I forget who said it, but um, if Brock Purdy was like a top-tier pick and he played as well as he has through two seasons with the 49ers, they would be calling him like the next great quarterback. He's done a lot, but we're, we're trying to bring him down because he's Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy can make all the throws down the field. There's a lot of holes in this Philadelphia Eagles secondary, but the Eagles do find ways to win. So that's my biggest fear. They're, they're a good team because they find ways to win. Statistically, doesn't always add up with their secondary and how many yards they allow. Like last week, the Bills handed that game away. The Bills had every opportunity to take that game from them, but you miss a throw, and then the Eagles go down and they find a way to capitalize on it. Like, Good teams do that, so the 49ers need to play a great game. But I think they have the motivation of last year losing in the NFC Championship game. I think Brock Purdy is going to be good enough to get the ball to their weapons, and they have a ton of them in the passing game. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. So that's a lot for the Eagles to control in the secondary when they haven't been that good. So I do think they're going to struggle running the football. I think this game is on Brock Purdy. The three points is pretty lofty. I liked it better at minus one when it opened or minus one and a half in favor of the Niners, but I still believe they're going to win this game. Uh, do we agree that this is a close game? Probably one yeah. of the best games of the week. It's going to be the best game of the week. I, it, it's going to be three to seven points, probably, I would say. And the reason it would be seven is because it's a late touchdown that wins it. Three, yeah, four or five in that range. It's it's not going to be the Cowboys 42 to 10 versus the Niners. There's no way. No, no. This, I mean, the Eagles are too good to, to get blown out like that at home. That's why I like the seven-point teaser with the Eagles. And honestly, I'd rather root for the Eagles. But um, I do like the, the seven-point teaser. I think that's actually a very smart approach to it, to the uh, the seven point teaser. You know what, Terry? You want to make one super quick right now? 
Yeah, I've been doing a lot of like two team teasers, like or or one teaser in each a teaser in each spot, um, like like the one o'clock teaser, a four o'clock teaser, and an eight o'clock teaser. Because anything else, like it's just too much for me to go. But I would probably look at. I'd probably bring the Denver Broncos up to ten and a half, and I would probably bring the Eagles. Oh, so it's on two and a half on FanDuel now, at least. But I would bring the Eagles up to to nine and a half, probably. Yeah, I would. I mean, you could go. You could go Eagles. Um, you know, if you shop around, you get them at three, you could go Eagles plus 10, your Broncos plus 10 and a half. And then you could, uh, how about something like you could get the lions. I mean, you'd have to go across zero, which is a bit of a waste, but you could get the lions at plus three versus the saints. Um, you could get the chiefs, uh, basically a pick them versus the Packers. I feel like one of those two is, would be pretty good. I, I probably think of like Broncos plus 10 and a half Eagles plus. I, the Eagles isn't going to go back to three now. If it goes to two and a half, I don't think it's going to get back to three. I think people are realizing. But a 6.2 team teaser, you could take the Broncos to nine and a half. You could take the Eagles to eight and a half. I don't hate that. A seven, a seven point teaser, you could get it for minus 150, three and a half to ten and a half, two and a half to nine and a half. Again, I think the Eagles can win the game outright. So I'm not as much worried about getting the 10. There would be nice. Probably should have got it earlier in the week. But I do like the Eagles in a teaser. Yeah, I do as well. Obviously, I like them as my pick. We're going to find out who's right in that one. But, guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And once again, thank you to Tanner for holding it down throughout the week while I was under the weather. But I'm glad to be back. And, Tanner, I will let you do the privilege of taking us on into the weekend. That was the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We will see you on Monday for another episode of Ride the Line.